This morning we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We are going to be um, looking at the subject of joy, um, which we'll get into in a moment. But um, the other thing that is happening today is that today is Remembrance Sunday. And so we just wanted to give a little bit of time uh, to that. And we're just going to pray together. And so if you're watching at home, we're not going to do the normal um, minute silence at 11 o'clock. But we are going to just start the morning um, and, and remembering, but being thankful um, to God, actually, for um, the way that we've been protected thus far with all of our amazing armed forces. So I'm just going to hand over to Andy and he's going to take us through that. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, it it's really feels a little bit strange not having like a service to do this in, but we just wanted to take a moment uh, and really thank thank God for the sacrifice of, 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 of many, actually of thousands, tens of thousands in generations before us that have given us the freedoms that we currently have. And also those that are still serving in the armed forces and putting their life on the line for the good of our nation. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, you know, as, as, as we move further away from the Second World War uh, and those that were part of it and lived through it, uh, uh, fewer and fewer of them are with us now. I just feel it's so important that we do keep remembering it was a colossal cost that people paid. And we, it's quite possible we wouldn't be able to do this if they had not paid that cost and won that, won that victory uh, to live in a sort of controlled state. I was thinking about it this morning would would religious freedoms and so on would have been uh, would have been extremely scarce so so before we get into our topic this morning uh, let, let's just take a moment to pray let's together let's thank god for the sacrifice and, and also be grateful we just get to live in so much that's good because of, uh, of what others have, have paid for us so father god I just want to take a moment and thank you for yeah. thousands of lives, thousands and thousands of lives laid down. But greater love has no no has no man than this, and he lays down his life for his friends. And mm. people have laid down their life for this this nation and other nations to keep this sense of freedom. And I thank you for that. And we thank you yeah, for that. Thank you, Father. And I pray for every surviving spouse and children and grandchildren that that are maybe missing people that uh, have laid down their life, that lost their life, that today would know in incredible comfort and they'd know it's from you. Uh, they would know that almost like the investment of that life, it's not wasted, not spent, mm -hmm. but invested, that, that it counted for something good. Yeah. So we pray for that comfort. We pray for that sustaining of your presence. And, and we just thank you again for everything and all the, the, the sacrifice that people have made. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Just say amen with us. And uh, just saying hi to people joining us. Um, welcome to Joycast. <laughs> uh, right in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, I mean, England is totally locked down again. We're Central Belt Scotland. We're not quite as bad as England, but we're very still limited in our freedoms. Uh, we are into our eighth months of this. Um, if you're not feeling hacked off about it, you're probably not quite alive, or if he's at least having a moment of feeling a bit. I'm, I'm putting my hands up. This is when we uh, got sort of further locked down here in the Glasgow area and Central Belt. I was like, oh, no, not some more of this. I was hoping we'd be getting our heads up and coming out and doing well. So, so in the middle of all this, 
we just feel like it's time to God's doing the opposite. Uh, he's releasing joy. Uh, and I couldn't think of anybody better to talk to on this subject than the wonderful Jan McFarlane, who really God's spoken to and has, has commissioned her really as a joy carrier in life. So we're going to be looking at that, at that subject. We want to invite your questions and comments right in that comments box. And uh, we'll do a format similar to last week with Simon, where we're going to talk a little bit for 15 minutes or so. Please comment questions as we go, and then we'll come to them and we'll work through them. And then at the end, who knows what will happen at the end? We'll try and sum up. We'll, we'll pray. Uh, it'll be glorious. Then I'm going to go for another coffee break after that. And we've got live prayer at 12 o'clock um, for people to encounter God, see their needs met. Again, we've been, we've been seeing God do uh, insanely beautiful, powerful things in people's lives through the live prayer as well. So if you're free and you want to join us for that or, you know, friends that need prayer, I'm hearing so many stories, not just our own, but across the country where prayer is happening for someone in difficulty and in ill health and they're getting healed in their bed, you know, potentially miles away. So here we are. Um, just the thought about God doing the opposite. I just think God is the opposite. I think we were talking to Shoshana Moorcraft a week ago. And I was like, God's releasing the opposite in this season. She was like, well, God just is full of joy and he is full of peace and he is so of course in that sense it feels like he's doing the opposite all the time and uh, at the beginning of the year just just as a bit of intro uh, God spoke to me really clearly through Isaiah 61 and I couldn't as the pandemic struck I like how does this even apply but I just want to read a bit of it to you as a, our scripture and our jumping off point th this morning and it feels like it applies all the more. And it, it's not the most famous bit that Jesus quotes, but from verse 3, it says that to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they be, may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall build up ancient ruins, it goes on to say, and they shall raise up the former devastations, and repair ruined cities and devastations of many generations. And it was just this sense that regardless of circumstances, God does something. He gives beauty instead of ashes. He gives gladness instead of mourning. He gives praise instead of a faint spirit. And, and I think a lot of us need, need some of that today. So we're, we're leaning into him that he would revive our spirits. Uh, and the beautiful thing about this scripture is it promises that those who have been so affected will become oaks of righteousness they would be stronger and the outcome of that is they'd start to rebuild ruins so I, I really feel god's using this pandemic time to make us stronger so that there will be greater restoration uh, greater breakthrough stronger people at the end of it so here we go that that that's it that's it for me for for now and jan good morning again Hi. hello just on that, uh, the thing I love about oaks is that they reproduce, you know, like acorns fall and new oaks spring up. So um, that just to add to what you were saying there. So I'm doing well. Yes, excited. So, Jan, the question everybody's asking, well, I'm asking you because I think <laughs> lots of people are asking it, is how do you keep joy alive in a pandemic? 
how's it working out for you? Um, I think um, for me, there'd probably be a few things um, that I would highlight. So I think, first of all, um, your lens perspective. So Joy is, for me, rooted in the delight that I have in my relationship with the Godhead. Um, they've got such joy in in one another and in us. And I guess, you know, scripture tells us that, you know, in his presence, there's fullness of joy and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So joy is the atmosphere of heaven and there's not a boring moment in heaven. Angels rejoice when one sinner repents, which makes me think that there must be a constant party in heaven. And so when the kingdom comes, joy is to be. You know, you know I've wondered about that as well. Like, <laughs> is it just like when someone's converted or is it when, you know, when we've messed up and we repent? I think we still get rejoiced over it. It is for conversion, but it's also, what do you think? Yeah. I think. Yeah, no, I think so. I think, I think they just, there's just a total party happening there all the time. So I think from Elaine's perspective, like the, you know, we're to set our hearts and things above. And so we need to do that. Like joy is above, joy's in heaven and we're to set our hearts on it. So I think, first of all, how do you keep joy alive? You have a lens perspective that is, this is available to me and it's what I'm meant to do. Um, I think the other thing would be that, you know, I just, I trust Jesus and what he said. And he, um, he, he gave us a cracking example in Luke 6. And um, he said this, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because, this, because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. And so actually Jesus is like teaching us to intentionally stir up joy when things are really tough. Mm. Um, and rejoicing in that day, rejoicing in that moment when it's just rubbish. Um, and so I guess like leaping for joy, like is the key that, that, that Jesus has given us as a, a weapon. Joy is a weapon. And so I guess the question is like, what does leaping for joy look like for you? Um, and so, you know, Jesus knows what he's I have to say, I have not been doing a lot of leaping for joy in recent days. So yeah, it'd be good to, to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so I think, I think, you know, Jesus knows what he's talking about. So, you know, maybe we need to give it a try. So I am not, well, I mean, my leaping for joy can look like lots of things. I often whoop, I clap, I jump about like a lunatic in my house and just get quite excited. Um, I think that, you know, we need to do that sometimes just actually, it makes you feel amazing. And I think the other thing would be thankfulness. So, you know, scripture tells us to give thanks in all circumstances because that is God's will for us. And we're so good at we're so good at being thankful when we have, you know, as Christians, mm. when we have rubbish circumstances, you know, we're, we're like great at being thankful. Oh, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for not necessarily thank you for the rubbish circumstance, but thank you for who you are. But yeah. We don't always do that with we don't always do that with joy. Um, and like like thankfulness, joy is a choice. Um, and we need it actually to endure hardship. So we need it in this season. And if we have, like, the thing I was thinking about is that we've got enough, we have enough self-control to stop ourselves from laughing, which means like we should be able to start laughing whenever we want to. Um, and so for me, thankfulness is key to sort of ministering to joy in my life, that actually being thankful for what um i have what god has done what he's so, yet to so, do. so hang, hang on what so how about you just don't feel very thankful i mean there are mornings i get up and, and until at least a coffee thankfulness is not the first thing that's coming in in my head i don't know about you so and and, and whooping in the bed, bedroom or the kitchen or 
so what what's the process that's going on to move from that less thankful state for you i think um i guess it, it's it's you know like the same with worship sometimes you come into church or you come to to worship god and you, you can't be bothered let's be honest you're just like oh, i can't bother this i'm tired there's i'd rather not bother doing this and actually you choose to engage. We're like, I'm going to give a sacrifice of praise and worship God in spite of my body not wanting to. And I think for me, it's like, I'm going to be led by my, led by the spirit, not by my, not by my emotions, not by my body, not by whether, you know, I want to be grumpy that day. I just, I actually, I do it anyway and ignore the fact okay. that I can't be bothered. <laughs> so, you know, there will be times like, I'm just thankful. And what it does is it kind of leads me into joy. So I'll have a wee chuckle or just sometimes even like sitting and grinning, just like force yourself to have a smile and then get thankful with a grin on your face. <laughs> and it's amazing how much a smile on your face changes how you feel the inside. Um, and so yeah. that would be a kind of like force a smile on your face, get those, you know, cheek muscles working. <laughs> move, start move thanking them that God. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, get thanking God and then actually joy just becomes something that I don't know it just kind of bubbles up in the inside of me and I think I guess rejoicing would be the other one very similar to thankfulness I mean we're we're so good at clapping and jumping shouting and you know singing tongues but but do we actually take time to rejoice Um, and we're meant to Mm -hmm. scripture tells us to rejoice and you know Again, I say rejoice. We're meant to rejoice in the Lord. Um, and it's actually an instruction. It's not a, oh, if you feel like this, this would be a good idea. <laughs> and so I think um, rejoicing when it's the last thing that I feel like doing is for me, like just a massive demonstration of faith that I'm going to, you know, I think in the world, you know, we rejoice because we have joy. But in the kingdom, we have joy because we rejoice. It's the opposite. So, do you see Say that again. so in, in the world, like we rejoice because we have joy. So people get excited and happy because of something joyful. Okay. But in the kingdom, we have joy because we rejoice. So it's actually joy follows the act of rejoicing. Um, and I think the way that Father God demonstrates it in Zephaniah, like he rejoices over us with singing. And when you unpack that full meaning, it's like him you know, spinning around uh, over us with shouts of joy. Um, and so for me, I I guess I choose to I choose to be thankful. I choose to rejoice. And the other thing I would do is what I would call, I guess my explanation would be like childlike mimicking. So, you know, Jesus. <laughs> okay, Jesus, like, tell a bit more about that one. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus taught us that he only did what he see, he's, like he saw the father doing. Yeah. And so I just take that like at face value. So Psalm 2, 4 tells us that uh, God is laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. So in the same way that I guess a young kid would, you know, copy their parents as they're like learning, like they do what they see their mom and dad doing, um, which is why, you know, you, you see wee kids putting on their mom and dad's shoes and they just want to be like copying their parents. And so when it looks, you know, I've had some, I have been going through some interesting things in this pandemic, like redundancy threats and I have a Mm. whole host of drama with my property that's got structural damage to it. And 
So when it looks like, you know, there's no money to pay wages that, you know, I might lose my job or that, you know, I might end up having a complete drama with my house even more than I, than I have been. Yeah. I guess what happens in that moment is that I, like Daddy God who laughs, I choose rather than letting, like rather than reacting to the circumstances, I use like joy or laughter as a weapon to to just build strength into my life. And then it sort of shifts my perspective. And it means that then, like for me, I've, I guess I've built like a stronghold of joy in my life that I want to always be in that place. Same with peace, like that joy and peace are my default and I don't want to shift yeah. from that. So what that means is that... Yeah, I've seen your house. It's not fun. <laughs> no, it's got it's big, fun. huge cracks in it. And your neighbour started removing walls without taking proper precautions. So yeah, I, I would be pretty upset about that. So I guess, I guess for me though, what I do is I don't deny that there is a problem, but what I do is I don't give the issue center stage in my life because that's God's place. Um, and so for me, I guess like, I mean, my work colleagues often ask me like, what's in the water I'm drinking or like, what are you on? <laughs> and then they just they envy the ease with which I laugh or am amused. But I think it is just a childlike mimicking. Like the father does it, you know, when stuff goes wrong, he's not phased at all. Like he, what the enemy's up to, what the enemy's planning and saying, God is seated on his throne and he's laughing. And so, you know, that scripture about inheriting the kingdom and, and needing to become like little children, I'm like, well, joy is part of the kingdom. And actually kids, like statistically, kids laugh something like 400 times a day and adults like about 15 times. So I think we definitely need to take a, a lever out of their book. So um, hanging out with grandkids for me, they do laugh a lot more it's, and they make you laugh. It's really healthy, isn't it? So just just yeah. moving on a little bit, and just a reminder, folks, this is this this is and can be interactive. So it's great to see just welcoming people popping up and saying hi that you're there. We'd love you to do that, even if you've got no comment or no question. Just say hello, I'm here. It just makes it feel a little bit more together as community. But uh, I realise I'm asking a few questions here, but I'm sure you'll have questions and comments. Please pop them up in in about five, ten minutes, we'll, we'll get to them and we'll spend some time uh, doing our best to, to reflect on that and just say, hey, Beth, hello, Teresa, hello. <laughs> it's really good what but Teresa says, don't give your problems centre stage in in life. That's it, 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 It's a challenge, though, isn't it, to, to work yeah. this stuff out. Um, so, Jan, what, what do you think? I mean, we were talking about this, prepping this, but sometimes... I know people think, well, joy just has to look like laughing. Or on the other side, you get the kind of old school Christian view that joy is sort of deep and you don't have to see it on the outside to have it on the inside. How, how, do, you, what, what do, how do you work that out? How do you respond to what joy looks like, really? I think for me, joy looks like something. Um, so, if you know, like... I think I was the way I would explain it would be you know that verse that talks about out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. So for me, in the same way, out of the overflow of joy in our life, like the face responds, like, and that's what attracted me to Jesus in the first place. It was seeing the joy 
um, in people's eyes and on their faces that made me say to myself, I want that. Um, and so for me, joy is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so what, I mean, what often happens is that people judge how others express their joy in God or how God fills them with his joy. And if we don't like the look of it, then we, you know, reject joy on that basis. But actually, when God gives us something, it's precious. Jesus gave everything for joy. And so for me, it's not just an emotion. It's actually a connection. Um, joy is a connection to the one who's the source of joy. Um, and so it has to look like something for me. Um, but I think the thing about joy is when it's present, then it, you know, it can set people free, it can heal them because it means the kingdom is there. And so it can look like laughing, it can look like childlike hilarity, but for me, it's also that sort of internal state of being, mm. which I believe is reflected on your face. like people comment about my joy all the time and it's not because I'm always laughing it's just because they see it on my face and in my eyes so I think for me it has to look like something um and and I guess the other thing is that you know I've had lots of experiences where joy has like God is almost just like I would talk about like joy bombing me like he just overwhelms me with joy and um yeah. And sometimes it's just it's an experience, but you don't understand what's going on at the time, but it happens after. And sometimes like, for me, like the things of the spirit are are caught uh, first, usually. Until so, so really, we're talking about it being it's it's real on the inside, but it's it's showing up on the outside, isn't yeah. it? It's not it's not Definitely. a plastic thing. Um, I, I know it's, we not would... a, it's not a, I have joy, joy deep <laughs> down in my heart. You know, like it's not that. It's not like no. it's not so deep down that it's hidden. Do you know what I mean? But, um, but also, it's not just a, a joke that makes you laugh. Not that that's a bad thing either. Um, but um, I, I know that when we've talked about this, one of the comments we talk about is like the kingdom of God there's a few pithy summaries of what the kingdom is in scripture one is that it's not it's not words but power and another one is that the kingdom of god is righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit and i know my now long experience in christian ministries there's a lot more chats about being righteous and staying at peace than there is about joy and yet it's such a it's such a part of the, the reality of the of the kingdom and, and perhaps it's a part that we've because we're a bit scared of it or we don't know what it's supposed to look like or we think it's fake we can then neglect something that's actually fully part of of god's kingdom and got the atmosphere that he he is living in actually yeah and i think it's i'm pretty sure i heard someone i've not statistically searched this out myself but i'm pretty sure i heard someone say one time that joy was like the fourth most talked about subject in scripture and there are there are so many verses like it's a huge topic the bible's just full of verses on joy so um yeah it's, it's massive so important so maybe what we should do is um there's lots of people saying hi which we really appreciate so i'm just going to go through we've got some other things to chat on but i wonder if we could just just say hi to people. So we've got Jean in Australia. Uh, great to see you, Beth, Teresa, uh, Sheila, Sarah Cassidy, Cassidy's Rodney. Have you got sight of some there, Jan? Yeah, way back. So we've got Gideon, Ian, the Bells, 
um, Michelle, Stefan, on and on. Oh my goodness, everybody's saying hi. Um, so good. Chris. Chris Leah. Anna. Um, Catherine. Freddie. Oh, love, love. Hello from both the trees, that is. Um, and then there's Andrea Hudak um, and lots of people. And Hannah. It's just great. There's people out there. They're actually... <laughs> Hello, people. Hello, this is lovely. Interacting. Yay. And, and Beth, <laughs> Beth is asking a really good question, which I think comes up, in my experience, quite a lot. Um, is how do you do... How do you deal with grief? How can you balance it? She asks it really well. I'll read it as she says it. How do you balance joy with allowing yourself to grieve? And uh, perhaps before we go on to other... But let's sort of tackle that a little bit that Beth's raising a brilliant thing that that you know we all face actually yeah I mean I think you know scripture Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time for everything and so there there is a time for grieving and I think I mean you probably would relate to this more recently than in my life Andy in mm. terms of you know family members being lost but I think um you know I have grieved so much I've you know I've cried more tears than I can remember uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks on end as, you know, I've lost people in my life that have died suddenly. Um, and I think it's a process. Grieving is a process, um, you know, but I think in everything, it's inviting God into your circumstances. So for me, the only way I was, have managed to get through grief um, in my life is actually with God helping me. He promises to comfort us. He promises to mm. bind up the brokenhearted. And that is what he did for me. Um, did I laugh in those moments all the time? Well, probably not. No, not really. Uh, but there are moments where you do get, you know, there are wee, you know, flickers of joy in times of deep, deep grief and sadness. Um, but actually, would that be the thing that is, you know, prevalent and at the fore of my life when I'm in those moments of, you know, grieving loved ones? No. But you remember the good things and then you do laugh. And I think part of the processes you know like weeping we endure for a night but joy comes in the morning and I think I think joy can come after real seasons of of sorrow and grieving um would be my my answer to that one what do you think Andy yeah I think I think it's a really important area because I think if we deny the genuine grieving process we can end up in some real mental health issues yeah but I've also seen both in my life and in others, if we indulge it too long and too much, we can also end up with mental health issues. <laughs> I'm always struck in in, um, in scripture, there's a point where God comes to David, who's been grieving Saul, which tells you a lot about David's heart, because Saul was a pain to David and persecuted yeah. him and chased him. But he honoured him as, <clears throat> excuse me, as the leader and as God's anointed and actually God had to tell him it's time to stop grieving now. Um, and then the scripture tells us that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. So what we're discussing here isn't just that there's no space for those emotions of grieving. And actually, the, I guess you could say that's an, a verse about empathy is we're encouraged to get along if someone is genuinely grieving to not try and be all rejoicing uh, around them uh so i think like you know lost my dad a year and a half ago Teresa and i've just been through a season of losing our parents we we just needed the space to genuinely grieve 
all of us are actually grieving at the minute. In some level, we've lost some of our freedoms. We've lost how much we can see family. There's all, you know, we've lost how we can do church. I know that's been a, actually a grief to me as a leader is the, the lack of personal contact. I've actually felt depressed about that a few times. But it's not where I want to stay, but I don't want to deny its reality, which is why I guess that's partly why I quoted the verses I did at the beginning. It's God loves to turn our mourning into dancing and our sorrow into joy. And it's not denying those things exist. They're part of the human experience. And even Jesus said, in the world you'll have trouble but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So it, it's we, we live in, we just live in that. And, and so we're not on this sort of one note of ah! all the time. But but where I think what you talk about is it's like that's where our, bit by bit our default comes back to that place of joy. But we have to allow ourselves grieving. We have to acknowledge that those feelings are real and not deny them um because i think that becomes unhealthy and, and some of the things we're feeling right now in a pandemic are it's genuinely difficult and there's genuine loss of, of things that i just listed that makes us feel a level of of loss and grief but what i feel why we're doing this is god's actually releasing and giving us joy to enable us to become buoyant again and gain his perspective again um so, uh, and when I read Psalms, I see David processing his grief and his anger. And, you know, he's not, he processes it like you're saying, he processes it with the Lord. He yeah. talks about it. He says, you know, God, will you smash my enemy's teeth? I mean, he's really ungodly at times in what he says. Yeah. But this is, if we're honest, we all have those feelings. It's how we process them and how much and what we do with them. And I suppose the other thing I'd say, it helped me when I was grieving is to actually to hang out with some people who are rejoicing because sometimes we can think oh if you're grieving everybody needs to come around and hang around with me and grieve with me but actually if I then go with some people who are rejoicing and I'm in grieving it does me good to get in their boat and start rejoicing with them uh, and just help me keep my emotional center somehow and remember that life is it's isn't just all sad yeah. i hope that helps guys it's a big a big topic um how are we doing with the questions um sheila's saying that there's she's finding times of grief there's joyful times too and i think that's true um hi spivies yeah thanks for that the, the answers are helpful um I, I think what jan has been saying is so good in that you can't understand this subject out of relationship. It's not a plastic, we do joy. It's out of our intimacy with the Lord. Um, Jesus asked a question. How do you manage your internal world so you're not in denial about acknowledging the deep sense of loss and unpredictability of life on a weekly basis and genuine suffering of some people and the goodness of God? Wow, that's a very big, long question. Um, how do you manage your internal world? I think for me, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, the Sunday school answer. Um, I guess for me, 
I do a lot of processing with God about how I feel about things. What does he think about this? So for me, journaling is a really helpful way of doing that. Ask God questions and listen to the answer and see what he says, jot it down. And then I guess once I've kind of gathered like my thoughts and then his thoughts, then I'll I'll take time to sort of then read through all that again and then process that with him. Um, I think that, you know, I've had some... You know, I wonder, I wonder, like I was saying about Psalms, I wonder if what we're getting in the Psalms is a bit of David's journaling, just listening to you talk like that, yeah. Sorry, Um, Jane, go on. I think that would be what I would do. Um, I think it's also helpful to get people to pray for you. I mean, you know, let's, we need one another. So if you're Mm -hmm. having a tough time with your processing, actually some great, you know, Jesus loving, uh, Bible believing friends who can stand with you and help you. I'm always reminded of like, you know, Moses when there was that battle happening in the valley. He had to have his hands held yeah. up by other people. And there are times that we do need somebody to hold our hands up for us because it's, you know, life is tough. Um, and we do need one another. But I think for me, Jesus is my answer to that one. Um, do you want to add anything to that, Andy? Yeah, I just the what's coming in my head is the supernatural nature of our lives. And, and, and probably this taps into it as much as anything, you know, in a world that is really, really in a lot of stress, and everybody's in a lot of stress for really understandable reasons, to walk in peace and joy, just to do that in your office or school is supernatural. And uh, it's, it, I was walking a couple of days ago along a line of trees and I was just thinking how immovable they were and thinking again about that scripture that, that these oaks of righteousness that are going to rise up who'd been through this transformational process and I'm like trees are really rooted in the earth uh, and I just had this this thought that actually what happens when you get transformed into joy is you get really rooted into heaven and you become solid with your your drawing he- heaven's resources and the heaven's heavens flow this transformation from <clears throat> mourning to joy from uh, sorrow to dancing is actually doesn't make sense at an earthly point of view but it roots you more deeply into heaven's perspectives you become a tree of heaven which is another way of saying a tree of righteousness yeah um i've lost track of comments so, here, so Jesus is saying that she, she always thinks it's good to refer people to ask for prayer um yeah, definitely. People need prayer. And she said that she has found Cruz bereavement care really helpful when she yes. got stuck after her dad died um, with her, you know, with just depression, grieving and loss involved in that one. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's so many incredibly helpful resources out there, but um, that's there a great are. recommendation. Uh, and as a society, we've not been good at processing our damage and our emotions and why the love of the Father is so important to us, and, and also some of these resources that Teresa's pointing to, just to help us get out of our broken spots yeah. and into a place like that. Definitely. Jan, we were we were really well. We're really keen for any more questions and comments. But one of the things we talked about was what are the benefits of joy. What do, what do we think? Um, the benefits so I mean, there, I think for me, probably I would have like four. You might have more, Andy, and feel free to chip in yeah. with others you think of, but. I think for me, um, the first one would be um, like scripture talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. And that's certainly something that I have experienced in times of, 
you know, turbulence or where circumstances are difficult, I'm like, oh, I'm actually, I'm totally fine with this. And it actually has been, you know, even friends of mine have been like, I cannot believe how you just are so full of joy in spite of what's going on. So it's, it's actually remarked on by others. But I think for me, like strength is a huge thing. And, you know, obviously that verse comes from Nehemiah 8 and the context yeah. being, you know, they've, um, you know, scripture, the, the pre-start reading, the, the law, books of the law aloud and everybody's crying and mourning and weeping because they see like God's standard and where they're at and how much they've fallen short. And and actually um, the priests tell everyone to stop crying because it's a holy day. Which I'm just like, okay, well, hang on a minute, because so often as Christians, we equate crying with a holy response. And, yes. and what, what they say in that verse is that they have to go and to eat the fat and drink sweet wine. And then, you know, the, this day is holy to God and not to be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And actually, we've been trained even to respond to God's presence with like, um, you know, silent, holy silence. Jesus, and, yeah tears and remorse and not with joy like we, we're kind of almost we need to get ourselves untrained to respond in a way of joy rather than in holy silence or weeping and um, and I think for me like that story that took it took more faith for the Israelites to to rejoice than it did to be overwhelmed by the weightiness of their sin but the strength that they got from tremendous joy and feasting for a week helped them for their one day of public confession um, and so I think joy does something in the inside of you that like you're talking about, you know, being like an oak, actually, like we want to be oaks and we want to be strong. We want to have roots that go deep in God. And, and just, I guess, what you were saying, Andy, about being kind of rooted into heaven, that actually yes. we're more connected to heaven and the strength that comes from that place than what's happening on earth. So. I think strength would be one great benefit. I've de definitely experienced that in my life. Um, I think the other thing is that joy is just good for you. Um, Proverbs 17, <laughs> 22. It's in the Proverbs, isn't it? Yeah. A happy heart is good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing. So, so mm. joy, joy is medicine. It's it's good for us. It helps our health. When we, actually, the funny thing that I love is hilarious. Like I love that God made us this way because when we laugh, endorphins and like dopamine are released in our body. Um, and what's so great is that our body cannot tell the difference between a fake laugh and a real one. Even right? if you, yeah, even <laughs> if you just force yourself to laugh, you still have endorphins and dopamine released in your body. You're still gonna be better. <laughs> yeah, so it's still good for you, even if it wasn't a real laugh. You just forced it. So that's what I think is quite fun. <laughs> well, I think everybody on this call should just try laughing for a moment. This sounds like a good idea. <laughs> uh, fun. So my other one uh, would be that joy is attractive. Um, so uh, when Jesus talks about in John uh, 15, he's talking about abiding in him. And then in verse 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And that the root word for full in the Greek is the same word that's used when Mary poured perfume on Jesus' feet and, and the fragrance filled the room. And so for me, it's like that thing of joy is like people should be like, wow, you just you just smell so joyful. Like that there should be this attractive fragrance about it that actually and we have it and people in the world need it just, i'm just going to jump in because ian hawkins is asking a question can you say something from the experience of joy winning the unbeliever 
I'm, I'm kind of racking my brains here. Oh, yeah, any... yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I've been um, out uh, on all sorts of nations where we will just ask people if they want to experience uh, God. Um, and often how that happens is in joy. And so we'll pray for them and then they'll just like have an overwhelming like laughter experience of God pouring in joy into their life. And I've had drug addicts tell me that this was better than their first hit when they took yeah. drugs. We've had people just be like, what did you just do to me? What is this? Um, and actually what it does is it actually gives them, you know, that verse, taste and see that God is good. What it does is let them be like, oh my goodness, he's so amazing. This is amazing. Yes. I want more yeah. of this. How can I get it? And then, you know, do you want to know the person who just, you know, the same way that if someone gets healed, do you want to know the person who just healed your body? Do you want to know the person who just, um, you know, filled you with a uh, overwhelming joy? And people are like, yes, actually, this feels so good. I, I want to be in relationship with someone who's going to do this to me. And um, so, yeah, I have seen that happen with uh, people who know God lots of times. Um, so for me, it's attractive. Um, I think, you know, it's, um, you know, Jesus even talks about us praying for us in, in John 17 to have the, the, the full measure of his joy. And, and I've not, I've not had a full measure before. I don't know what the full measure looks like. So I'm like totally open to have like more. Um, so, yeah. And I think the thing is that Jesus, I always think about this because he's amazing. If you've not read the gospels recently, I just encourage you to do that. But I like to put myself in the situation and I'm just like, Jesus was um, invited to like all the parties and all the meals. And I, I guess the question I would ask you guys is, have you ever wondered why? Um, and I, for me, yeah. I think, you know, that that scripture about how Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy beyond his companions. He was so much fun that everybody wanted to hang out with him. They wanted to have him at their party. They followed him around. Obviously, he healed them. But actually, they invited him for dinner, you know, and he, he was actually called a wine bibber and a glutton. I'm sure Jesus was never drunk, but he certainly wasn't a party pooper. Um, I would love to just share a wee photo quickly, or painting, actually, a friend of mine did. Yeah, go for it. Jesus. And I think that sometimes we have, you know, all sorts of images in our head of what Jesus looks like. And I think this, for me, is just a really great one to have of Jesus. Um, so this is called um, Outpouring of Joy, is what the what it's entitled. don't know if you guys can see that, maybe not. Um, there we go. Um, yeah, Outpouring yeah. of Joy. And um, a friend reminded it, and I think it's just a great example of, you know, the attractiveness of Jesus that was the, what had him invited to parties. Um, so I'll just stop sharing that for now, but just to let you have a wee look. And I think um, for me, the other thing about joy, uh, another benefit is it's restorative. Um, so I remember um, I was in Maastricht a few years ago, Andy was there. And uh, we were doing this sort of, at the end, we were praying for people. And what we really felt to do in that moment was just to hug people. Um, I can't remember what the teaching oh, yes, was on, like the yeah. Father, Heart of God or something. And um, this woman came forward and she had her head like totally down. And it's really difficult to hug someone who's not like open to one. So she, so I kind of, you know, hugged her and she cried and she cried and she cried and she cried. I had a cardigan and a blouse on. 
and she cried through both of them to the point that like my skin was wet and I just I just felt like God I wasn't to let her go and when she finished we sort of broke apart and she I remember she wiped her face and blew her nose and then suddenly it was like God's joy just like hit her from literally like from on high is what it looked like and she laughed and she la- and it was loud laughing and she was sort of staggering about the place and laughing and laughing and laughing and her entire appearance changed in front of my eyes and what it ended up it turned out that this woman had been in a violent marriage um, her sister had committed suicide her nephews had been um, really badly burned in a fire and she was so changed like it was like god just restored her in that moment she just changed and she was so transformed that when she went home and our next door neighbor saw her he invited himself to come to church with yeah. her the next day because he was so impacted by what um what she looked like um so i think they would be my kind of my four benefits can you think of any others Andy? you would add andy i i think i think you've you've covered it i think that whole uh Beth is raising the point that the enemy loves to steal joy. It's so powerful. I think we underrate the strength dynamic of joy. Uh, and I think contemplation is good. Meditate, you know, meditation on scripture is good. Um, I just think that as a as church in general, we kind of overrate the contemplative. And uh, I don't know if you remember Julian coming around a few times and, to Hope Church and saying that we should get our crazy praise on. And it's really a bit <laughs> countercultural. We all feel a bit, oh, <laughs> actually rejoicing the Lord always is there, as you've mentioned already, yeah. as, a, as a thing that that we, we, we need to do. And I've seen that be transformational in people's lives and my own life. And often if I've been through a sad time, the thing that's changed me and is when God breaks in and the joys gets released again uh and then you're like okay i'm off and running again now sorrow and and mourning have their place but like you're saying they don't give you energy for transformation it's actually in that place of encounter and joy um that, that 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 you get the motivation to actually transform see 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 real change um just yeah. just the grieving process doesn't give you the energy to make the change even if you're grieving about something you really really need to change um and i think yeah. that comes out in that uh, nehemiah story really you, you know they were so worn out with grieving they weren't going to be able to do the re- actual repenting they needed to yeah. do um so yeah. uh, we're coming close to our end of our time here um i just want to check that there's any more comments or questions we need to we need to talk to um i'm just having a wee flick back just we're just checking the comments guys we're not we're not going off somewhere we're just uh we have to look at the facebook comments yeah so Teresa saying she loved what i said about journaling with jesus and processing with him um so dish saying savoring and recognizing something i don't have to type all joyful everyday moment we are oh, sorry we joyful everyday moments is something i find really helpful regardless of the big circumstances absolutely um i i think it'd be great if you just mentioned uh when we're chatting again about the identity thing have you know joy in a crown 
and then we'll we'll just let's all pray together. Everybody else on the call. I mean, if you want to start typing prayers in for one another, that would be fun, actually, even now, as, as mm-hmm. we just share this. And we'll pray too. And let, let's just trust God that as we pray, uh, our buoyancy would increase in a minute. But Jan's just, just going to share a sort of final thought before we pray. So in the Isaiah 35.10, and also similarly, it's not exactly the same verse, but pretty similar in Isaiah 51.11, it says this, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall crown their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee. And I think the thing I was just um, became aware of and was just kind of reminded of about this is that actually the thing about um, the thing about a crown. So, you know, a special event took place for Queen Elizabeth to be crowned and same with Prince Charles and actually something you know we are God's kids but something has to make us royalty and so actually having everlasting joy crown us is what sets us apart um, as his royal priesthood and as his kids Um, and so when we you know it's like when we line up with joy and line up with it's part of the kingdom then we line up with who we are as you know, royal priesthood, and then our crown is on display. And people see, like people, what well, I was saying, it's attractive, it's recognised, and it is, our identity is to be people who have everlasting joy crown our heads. And you can't, I mean, the thing about a crown, you watch any royal member of the family, when the Queen's got our big crown on, I mean, it's huge. It, it probably is really heavy. I don't know how much it weighs, but it, you cannot miss it. Mm. And that's the thing as believers, like we should be people who are crowned with everlasting joy that it's unmissable and people are like there's something different about you what is it and they were like ah i'm crowned with joy um so yeah i think that would be what i want you to say on that that one anything to add no i just love it i just think <laughs> that joy is the crack you know it, it it marks us out and i think i mean i you know you watch the news and all that everybody's so serious right now yeah. I, I do think the the question you answered earlier about you feel like the evangelistic effect of joy is going to be very, very significant. So uh, if, if we were doing an in-person meeting, we'd be saying something like, just put your hand on the person next to you, but we, we can't do that. However, guys, we are working on some in-person meetings uh, that we'll use the hub for, look out in your inboxes and that, that information will be coming to you pretty soon. But right now we can't do that. But if you want to lay hands on, your friend, you can lay hands on your screen or your device. And let's all pray for one another for heaven's joy. So the reality of the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy, will be more evident in, in our lives. And I agree with Beth that a bit of silliness is also good. So more joy <laughs> to us all, says Mary Lou. So we're gonna we're gonna pray for this for one another. Feel free to lay hands on us kind of virtually uh yeah god god uses uses oh god uses the internet you probably need to pray what's going on here say, my, one of my friends always says what i want you to do now is to get the hand of the most powerful person in the room and put it on you <laughs> and and that person is yourself mm. no one is more powerful in your life than than you hey. and obviously god, god is but i mean like you know so yeah. i want you just to get your hand and put it on yourself and then I want you to actually 
um, I want you to pray for yourself as well. I'm gonna, we're mm. gonna pray for you, but I would like you to pray for yourself and whatever it is that's been highlighted today that you think, oh, actually, I never thought about that, or maybe I just need to like, you know, get rid of that thinking yeah. and have it replaced with some truth. Whatever has been highlighted, to you, I want you to just like pray about it and just make a joy, choose joy. I just cannot encourage that enough. So, um, hands on yourself, and then we're gonna, I'm gonna pray, and then Andy is gonna pray, and then we'll see where yeah. we are. Go for it, Jen. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I want to thank you. Wow, that you are the one um, who releases joy. It's nothing to do with us. And uh, Jesus, you're the source of joy. And yeah. I thank you that you were anointed with joy, joy, the oil of joy above your companions. And I want to pray, wow, for that, for every single person tuned in now, live, mm. and every person who watches us later, that we would be anointed with joy. Yeah. oil of joy beyond yeah. our companions that we would have everlasting joy crown our heads that we would be so um full of joy in the inside because we're connected to you god yes. and you're the source of all joy so i just want to declare a release of joy inside of people and through them and that there will be um <laughs> well that they would be um, yes, attractive so, yeah to their hey. unbelieving friends in, in this season. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that actually there would be um, such an outpouring of joy in their lives that actually everybody around them would be impacted, that their street would be impacted, yes. their workplaces would be impacted, and that they too would have people ask them what, what they're on and what they're drinking, yeah. and that people would just get to have more opportunities to pray for and release your joy over their non-Christian friends than they ever yes. had before. Thank you that we yes. get restored, we get set free, we get lined up with heaven when we partner with joy. Thank you that it is a choice. And I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, that we mm. would yield and surrender to you moving with your joy in and through yes. our lives, however you want. And that yeah. we would just yeah. relinquish control. <laughs> we were bought. We're no longer our own. We were bought at a price. <laughs> so God, I thank you that you get your in charge and that you would just pour joy into people, however you want to do that. <laughs> amen. Yeah. Well, um, amen. I, I don't have anything to add. Other than I'm just going to lay my finger on my lens here and uh, I pray for you all uh, to receive more of heaven's joy, that oh. that scripture would uh, be fulfilled in all of us that have been yeah. feeling a bit low feeling a bit overwhelmed, more lockdown, that that, yeah. that that God would be turning our mourning into dancing, our, our, the sort of sighing and fainting would be turned into praise and we'd get beauty for our ashes. And actually out of this season, we're going we're gonna to experience God making us stronger and brighter Amen. for him. <laughs> Amen. Yeah.